Morris Pearl has been on the show before, has agreed to step in. He's chairman of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires. And like I said, uh, the Patriotic Mills are an organization of business people and investors who feel that our society will be better off adopting progressive policies. Uh, Previously, Mr. Pearl was a managing director at BlackRock, one of the largest investment firms worldwide. More than a pleasure to have Mr. Morris Pearl, chairman of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires with us. Mr. Pearl, good afternoon. Welcome back and thank you for in a pinch uh, sitting in for uh, Fred here. At least we're not dancing on Dancing with the Stars or anything, right? Yeah, no problem. No (laughs) problem. Thank you very much. It's great to talk to you, Leslie. You guys have released, um, I guess I could call it a scathing review, uh, President-elect Trump's pick for Secretary of Labor, and I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Speak to us um, about this choice, the CPK industry CEO, and why this is uh, completely a 360 and spitting in the face of the working class who truly elected Donald Trump to this office. Well, part of the job of the Secretary of Labor is to enforce the Fair Labor Standards Act. That's the official name of the law that establishes rules about minimum wage and overtime pay and things like that. And this is a person who said that he doesn't want to have such rules. And, I mean, it really is. It's some of the things like hiring the, hiring the fox to be in charge of the hen house. It, it, it just seems absurd that someone who doesn't think there should be a minimum wage is now all of a sudden going to be in charge of the people that enforce the minimum wage rules, just for example. Um, the Secretary of Labor is supposed to be helping laborers and the voice of labor in the administration, and here we have a person who is against labor and talks about the advantages of more automation and hiring robots who won't sue him for racial discrimination and things like that. And it almost seems funny. I mean, I wish this was like a Saturday Night Live skits that we were reviewing or something. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I agree. I agree. You know, Donald Trump has not been in favor of an increase in the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Donald Trump has said that workers make uh, too much money. But he had an economic message that resonated with working class, especially blue-collar working class voters, as we saw from the outcome in states like uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. But many of these workers are union workers. And this selection, uh, this CEO, is an avid anti-labor individual with that mindset, also anti-economic equality candidate, and quite frankly, the one thing that both sides can agree on, or one of the things both sides can agree on, uh, Democrats and Republicans, is that we have a problem, an income gap. We have income inequality, and it's a problem that they want fixed, both Democrats and Republicans. We have seen well, that. I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, I think we all agree we have huge income inequality. I don't know if everyone agrees that it should be changed. There is a contingent, and somehow they've convinced you know, half the people of Wisconsin of this, that the way to solve America's problems is to lower income and that we're trying to compete with people in Mexico and China and everywhere. And the way to compete with them is to lower American wages to match theirs and therefore we'll be just like China. Personally, I don't want to live in a country with low-income people like China or Mexico. I want to live in America filled with higher-income people that can afford to buy stuff and invest in stuff and get educated and participate in the economy and the civic life of our nation. But that's a legitimate point. You can say to these workers who 
are not getting ahead, who are unemployed, who are seeing factories leave their areas, and who are part of the Rust Belt that's not coming back, a lot of them believe, well, the only thing we can do is to make our country just like Mexico, so at least we'll have some jobs instead of having no jobs at all. But I don't think that's the right answer. It's, it's not the right answer here in New York. It's not the right answer in any other part of America either. I agree 100%. Um, uh, according to several media reports, um, this CEO, Andy Poster, is of the parent company of Hardee's and Carl's Jr., um, for Secret- Secretary of Labor, uh, you know, I think it was Fred who said, quote, this guy's a minor league version of Trump, the stereotype of a loud-talking business leader, convinced he's done everything on his own and knows what he knows with absolute certitude. There are no shades in his business style. That is not the type of individual, and, and not just with his opinions on how things have to go with the economy or being anti-labor, but uh, you know, even the temperament, if you will, for this type of position, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's not the person who I would want to be the Secretary of Labor. Um, I mean, but maybe it is the right I – mean, that's, maybe that's the kind of person Donald Trump is looking for, you know, someone who, who yells and screams a lot and becomes successful by, by keeping other people down, by paying the least possible. Donald Trump himself is known for, like, trying to, um, you know, not pay bills, trying to not pay contractors and subcontractors in his buildings, and maybe that's – what he think makes makes America great is sort of by trying to cheat workers. Well, that would be something Donald Trump knows very well. He's done that and continues to do that himself. Also, uh, this guy, much like Trump, is constantly on TV. He maintains a blog, and I looked it up. Uh, here are some of his favorite topics. Attacking unions, fighting against raising the minimum wage, and arguing that the feds know nothing. Um, and, and quite frankly, with needing only 51 votes... He's going to get the support. He's going to get the votes he needs uh, to have this nomination, regardless of the hours of questioning, uh, go through most likely. Would you agree? Probably. Yeah, he he most likely will be the next Secretary of Labor, Um, you know, unless Republican senators change their mind and decide against him, which doesn't seem terribly likely. Um, I mean, it's sort of like it's the Trump administration where, that's opposed to labor. Even I mean, even if it's not this guy, he'll find some other guy who's against minimum wage and against these regulations and things like that. Um, so I, I, I mean, I think basically the viewpoint that the way to solve America's problems is by lowering people's income has has taken over, and that um, I think we have to convince people not necessarily that this guy is a good guy or a bad guy or whatever, I think we have to convince people, we the progressives, have to convince people that actually we'll be better off living in a country with higher incomes. That's the real argument we have to make. And um, so far, we've apparently not made it successfully. Uh, Mr. Pearl, we can all look at studies, right? And we can look at history. But you yourself have been, and continue to be, very successful. You've been a successful businessman. You know what works. You know how to treat employees. In your personal and professional experience as a businessman, as an executive, as somebody who's made a lot of money and had a lot of people working for him, 
Do you get better production when you treat people better? And that results in people making higher wages and putting more money into our economy because their confidence rise, their self-esteem rise, and therefore they're going to go out and buy more stuff. And, and it's just a wonderful cycle because the more they buy, the more we have to make if we don't have the jobs overseas producing those oh, yeah. products. It's a win-win-win. Yeah, I mean, that seems obvious to me, and it seems obvious to you. And we have to get the rest of the country to, uh, to believe that, too. They, you know, a lot of people in America, not quite a majority, but a lot of voters voted for someone who takes completely the opposite approach, who says the way to succeed is by lowering people's wages and lowering people's income. And somehow that's how people become billionaires. And maybe he's right. I'm not a billionaire, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> But I think we, the progressives, have to make that case better to the rest of Americans. Um, it seems so clear to me. Yes, I want to pay people as much as possible. That's what I've always said. The most important part of my job was when I was, you know, running a research company, a research group. Was you know, I, I was one of many people. I couldn't do only a small percentage of the work personally. I depend on a lot of people working in the group to get all the work done. So the most important thing I can do is keep everyone else happy, pay them as much as possible, treat them as well as possible, so they'll be motivated to get a lot of work done. That's always been my philosophy. But apparently, um, Mr. President has a different philosophy. Former President uh, Clinton had, um, you know, when he ran for president, James Carville said, it's the economy, stupid. And we saw that that, in a sense, is, is still the way voters feel. Uh, the people that uh, voted for Donald Trump, um, largely more so than building any wall, uh, felt that they needed to have more money coming home. They didn't feel the turnaround in the economy trickle down to their paychecks, their pocketbooks, their bank accounts, and uh, end up on their kitchen tables. And, and this is largely the majority of our country, the working class, the middle class, the American worker. Um, the ideas that this guy has don't help the American worker in any way. And perhaps even worse, it appears as though he, with his mindset and decisions he could make in that position, could actually hurt the American worker who obviously feel they're already hurting, which is why they elected uh, Donald Trump. Um, are you surprised uh, that the president-elect uh, would do this? Because most people want two terms and not to be a one-term president. No, I'm not at all surprised. I don't think they did. I don't think they voted for him, meaning they'll help him. They'll, that, that Trump will help them get a few dollars more an hour. I think a lot of voters. I mean, I don't know. I live here in New York, and everyone I talk to. New Yorkers. I think people voted for Trump thinking he will get the federal government away from them. He somehow demonized the government, which is basically just Americans acting collectively, and that that's what this guy's going to do. He's going to get rid of these regulations. And he's going to make the case that, oh, if we get rid of the minimum wage, then businesses will be free, and they'll be free to pay people lower, and that's freedom, and that's that's what they think of as freedom, and they've somehow convinced, you know, twenty some odd percent of Americans that which is enough to elect a president of the United States. And uh, yeah. Donald Trump, when we look at history, is hardly the first Republican presidential candidate to receive uh, strong support from blue-collar uh, white males. Uh, you know, so you know, we can look back all the way to Richard uh, Nixon for that. He had a strong base in uh, working America, and over the last sixty years, blue-collar workers have received virtually no economic benefit in return for voting red. 
why do you That's think right. historically people keep voters keep making those same mistakes? Because it seems like every, you know, four uh, to eight years, um, you know, they feel like they're hurting, then they're hurting worse and they can't take it anymore. And then they, you know, they vote blue um, who are in favor of uh, increasing the minimum wage as high as $15 an hour, who are in favor of unions, who are in favor of having the proper regulations and guidelines in the workplace, as well as the proper uh, salaries, health care benefits, and even pensions. I agree with you. I fully agree with you. All I can think of is that people, just like I, do not vote based on my financial self-interest over the next years. I don't think they do either. I don't think they're voting based on based on their own personal economics. I think they're voting somehow. They've somehow been convinced of a philosophy that, oh, government is run by a bunch of crooks. Government is run by a bunch of people who are just in it for themselves. You have to vote them out and vote in Donald Trump who, I don't know, who, I mean, so many people said so they just want to send a message to the government that they just want something different. And they've been, they voted against government. They didn't vote for higher wages or lower wages or whatever. They just voted against government, period. And it's government that, that determines minimum wages and things like that. So I think that's what happened. Uh, Mr. Pearl, are you um, open to taking some phone calls from our listening audience? Um, yeah, we could try. Okay, that sounds good. I can't guarantee good. I'll know the answers. <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty good. Um, uh, let's uh, go to Virginia on line three, listening on tune in. Uh, Ishmael joins us. Ishmael, question or comment for Mr. Morris Pearl? Leslie, thank you so much for taking my call. And Mr. Morris, you have the answer to everything. So um, I'm going to ask you, what, what I really like to see is really shifting things into gear. I want you guys to take a page from the Coke Brothers, Okay and get people elected in, in Michigan, get people elected in, in, in North Carolina, in Florida. This is what they did. So you guys, we need to shift gears and, 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 and raise money to get Democratic, progressive people elected because this is how the Republicans saw this election, by getting people in, in, in the uh, election commission as secretary of state, as governors, so they can do all these shenanigans to oppose people of vote. But I would like you guys to to kind of shift the gear and, and really raise money and, and be able to do that. Okay, thank well, you for I, the call, Ishmael. Uh, Mr. Mr. Pearl, what do you say to that? Because Hillary definitely had more money out there uh, that was raised in her campaign than Donald Trump, and she definitely had more experience in ground game in her running her campaign. Well, I, 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 I agree with the caller's point. Um, I think that we do have to increase, we the progressives, have, do have to increase efforts at, you know, the not at the you know, state level. Um, I spoke at an event in North Carolina a couple weeks ago um, at the National Urban League. Um, I've been to New Hampshire. Uh, we're going to Illinois in January and February. So we're trying to um, move a progressive agenda at state legislature and the local race levels, too. A lot of things around minimum wages are at the state level now anyway. So, um, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the... the and a lot of important decisions are made at the state level, including things that indirectly affect federal elections, um, you know, like redistricting. So, yeah, I, I agree that I think the progressive movement as a whole has to uh, be more active at the state level. Uh, very, very good call. Uh, good point. And thank you so much for uh, coming in uh, to join us, Mr. Pearl. Uh, very kind of you to pinch hit when you didn't have it on your uh, calendar. I'm sure you're quite busy. Uh, thank Thanks. you.
Mr. Morris Pearl. Good to talk to you, Leslie. Always good to talk to you, Mr. Pearl. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Morris Pearl, Chairman of the Board of the Patriotic Millionaires. Please follow them on Twitter at Patriotic Mills. The website is patrioticmillionaires.org. Find out what they're doing. Find out how you can get involved so we can change things.